0: Hello, podcast world. I'm back. It's Danny P. Warner. It's actually Those 80s Gays with Danny P. Warner. I've got a couple of big episodes coming up in the next few weeks. Um, Adam is coming back to join the podcast. He is one of Those 80s Gays. So that's something to look forward to. And during that podcast, we will obviously be recapping a whole lot of stuff, including the concert that we went to last week, Scream 6. We've got a whole lot of things to talk about. But in the meantime, I thought I'd do a little bit of a different episode today. And I wanted to do... I'm a big music lover. So music to me has always been... This might sound really, really pathetic. Music to me has always been a constant in my life. I've kind of bookmarked periods of my life with different songs, different albums. It's been really important to me. And I can really remember different parts of my life, very important components of my life, bookmarked against a song mainly. Um, So what I wanted to do today was I want to do, and listen, this list could be huge, but I've I've whittled it down to 10 and it's the 10 I'm thinking of at the moment. And trust me, day by day, it would change. But at the moment, I am looking at my 10 most meaningful songs. So I want to run through my top 10 most meaningful songs. And I'm sure you've heard most of them. Um, well, it depends. You might've heard some of them. You might not have heard some of them. They're all from fairly established artists. So there's nothing too obscure that I'm sure, you know, isn't too underground that no one would have heard of the artists. Whether you've heard of the song is a different thing, but I thought I will run through my top 10 songs of Danny P. Warner's life. Okay. Number 10. I'm going to start with, this is a song, it's called Passenger, and it's by Britney Spears. I'll let you lead the way now, cause I want you to take the wheel. I've never been a passenger, though.
1: I never knew how good it
0: would feel. And if you listen to the words, A the words are really deep. Like this is from an album called Britney Jean. And, and listen, don't get me wrong. I didn't like Britney Jean, the album. This was the album that contained singles Work Bitch and Perfume, um, those kind of songs. And the album was pretty shit, let's face it. It just, there's there's very big controversies out there that a lot of the vocals on the album aren't even allegedly Britney Spears. So you can Google that. There's a whole lot of reading involved in that. Um, Her voice though, it does sound different on this record. You can definitely tell the pitchiness where you you know instantly it's Britney Spears. It's got that bubblegum baby voice. But um, there are parts of songs on this album that are just either she's really stretching herself vocally or there's something else going on in the background. But anyway, this song Passenger by Britney Spears, if you listen to the lyrics, the meaning of it is you... you're a little bit fatigued from... Driving your own life. You're a little bit fatigued from constantly having to be the one that makes the decisions. You are happy to finally meet someone and hand over the reins, give them control. Well, it's not so much about control, but just let someone take the wheel for the moment. And I know this personally because there are times in my life where I just want to hand the wheel over and go, can you just drive? You know, can you just look after it? Can someone else just step in and, you know, you get this for me. It's when you're running your life on your own 24 seven, it all falls on you. And this song is kind of a bit of a reflection in saying, you know, I've met someone and I'm, I'm happy to kind of like, I'm happy to co-pilot because sometimes the main pilot needs a bit of a break. So Passenger by Britney Spears, that is number one. My number nine song, listen, some of these songs at the moment are a little bit up in the air. This song, it's called Safe and Sound and it's by Capital Cities. This song is just a banger. It gets me in the mood every time. It just, it just, it just does it for me. It's got an awesome vibe. It's got fantastic beats. Like it's just, it makes me happy. It's not deep. It's just, well, for me, there's probably a meaning behind it, but for me, it's just a song that makes me happy. makes me want to get up and dance. I'd never actually heard of um, Capital Cities before, and maybe I'd been living under a rock, but I actually heard a snippet of this song on an ad for McDonald's one day on TV. And I was like, what is that song? It's infectious. So I Googled, you know, good old Dr. Google helps with everything. And I found out it was this band called Capital Cities. And when I listened to Um, Some other tracks on their album that the song Safe and Sound was from. It's just so much fun. Like, there's this song in there called Farrah Fawcett Hair, and it's just, it's so out there and ludicrous, but it's just such an amazing vibe. Um, So Safe and Sound by Capital Cities is my number nine on my list. Okay, number eight. Number eight is, it's a bit of a random one, um... I'm a planner. I plan everything in my life. Like if it's not planned, it doesn't happen. Everything in my life is planned out to a t i 've got contingency plans for everything i 've got main plans for everything i 'm a planner okay it 's and it 's part of what I do for a living uh, i 'm also in a planning role in my job so i 'm constantly planning i you know, i think it 's probably like deep down it 's probably a control issue that i 've got that I probably need to see a therapist about but anyway, I digress. So, number eight is a song that I have on my wedding playlist. Yes, I have a wedding playlist. I also have a funeral playlist. I have multiple playlists for um, expectant times in my life, expecting, like, expected events in my life, I should say. So, this is on my um, wedding playlist. And number eight is called Making Memories of Us, and it's by Keith Urban. And I'm going to make you this promise If there's life after this I'm going to be there to meet you With a warm, wet kiss Yes, I am And it's just a beautiful song. It's a song that uh, I don't know whether I'm going to walk down the aisle to or have a first dance to I don't know. Like, (laughs) obviously my future husband will have some input into this. Um, not a lot because I've pretty much planned out my whole wedding anyway. You know, I'm I know where I'm getting married. I know how much it is per head. I know what the, um, groomsmen are going to be wearing. I know what my suit's going to look like. I even know what the table wear will look like and how I want it all set up. Um, I'm pretty planned but making memories of us by Keith Urban if you can have a listen it's a beautiful song. It's just I remember going to okay so I'm not a big country music fan. I'm not not a country music fan. I'm just it's just never been in my orbit. But years ago I lived with um a flatmate and he had a girlfriend that came up from New South Wales and they were going to see Keith Urban and I was like, "Who?" and Anyway, at the last minute, I bought a ticket to go along with them. We had a great night, and I kind of really, really enjoyed his music. So, am I a little bit country? Yes, I can be a little bit of a country tree boy. <laughs> um, okay, number seven. Number seven. This is my. This is my breakup song. Like this is my go fuck yourself. You're out of my life. Song, and it is "Thorn in My Side" by the Arrhythmics I remember I broke up with a with a guy oh years and years and years ago, and I was at the gym running and I'm on the treadmill and this song just came on randomly. I don't know how, but I remember listening to it and I was like, oh my God, this is my breakup anthem for the moment. And I listened to it on repeat for hours, hours and hours and hours. And it's got that really good beat to kind of have a bit of a run to as well. So, you know what, if you're going through a breakup where you've got a broken heart, pop on a bit of a rhythmics, pop it up to track number whatever it is, thorn in my side makes you think yeah i got this number 6 on my list okay so another major event um in my life that <sighs> i don't want to get upset and talk about it but so um i think it was about 7 years ago i lost my um puppy dog genie she was also a pug i've got two pugs now we lost poppy the pug last year I've got the two new ones. But years ago, I originally had my first pug. Her name was Jeannie. I loved her to pieces. She was my absolute world, my world. And um, I, long story short, she had some medical issues. She had really good life. She was a fairly decent age. And the the, the consensus between vets and and myself were, you know, it's, it's, it's much better to put her down. So, um, you know, it's been seven years and I still, the moment I say her name, I still choke up. So I'm just going to swallow those tears for a second because track number six for my all-time favourites is um, a song called Baby Mine. Now there's multiple versions of it. Um, I think quite a few artists have done Baby Mine. It was originally a song in Dumbo and then... And listen, this is not in chronological order because I don't, know, um, I don't know the order of when things were released or recorded. I know it was in Dumbo. It was quite an emotional scene in Dumbo. I know Bette Midler sang it in Beaches, um, which was obviously also an emotional movie. Um, and the recent Dumbo movie, the remake, I know a band called Arcade Fire, it, and I really love Arcade Fire's version of Baby Mine, so Baby Mine is my number six on my list. Sparkle and, shine, never a baby of mine. Um, and that's dedicated to my little girl, Jeannie, because... I feel like the words really resonate with her little life that she had with me. Okay, let's bring it back to some happy music. My anthem, I remember years and years and years and years and years and years, and years ago, and and like you 80s babies out there and, and maybe even 90s babies and earlier, but you'll remember the TV show Ally McBeal. You know that TV show about the lawyer, the lie lawyer, because all liars are liars. Anyway, um, <laughs> the TV show, Ally McBeal, she, you know, the dancing baby, the Uber Chugga, Uber, Uber, Uber Chugga. So I remember one episode, she was like, what's your, or someone said in it, what's your theme song to your life? And I was like, oh, I don't know what I, they, I don't know what they came up with but I thought about it and I'm like, what's mine? And then it was a while later, I heard a song and I was like, oh my God, that's my theme song. And this is it. So number five on my list, my theme song for my life is I'm Still Standing by Elton John. And it's true. You know what? Like I've had some pretty fucking big knocks in my life and I'm still fucking standing and I'm still fucking standing better than ever. Excuse my language, but I am because everything in my life that has tried to knock me down has just made me stronger. I haven't always seen it at the time but I've always come out of everything stronger than I did. So I'm still standing, bitches, and no one is going to knock me down. So that's my number five. Okay, number four. This is, so number four is a song by an artist called BT. Now, his name is actually Brian Transeu, T-R-A-N-S-E-U, I think it's spelt. And this song is called Simply Being Love. And I love it. It's one of my favorite all-time songs. It's got a real electronica feel. Um... BT is such an amazing artist. Can I please encourage you out there? If you've never heard of BT, go back and listen to some of his earlier work. His latest work is a little bit too dance driven and um, instrumental for me, but I personally love it when he has uh, either tracks that he sings on or he collaborates with artists. So this song called Simply Being Loved, I heard it Uh, a long time ago in a nightclub, I think, was... I think the nightclub was called GPO in Fortitude Valley. It was on the corner of... I don't know. It was on the corner. Anyone in Brisbane will know GPO. I think they've only just refurbished it. It was closed for many, many years. Anyway, I'm getting off topic, but I saw this film clip playing on the screens. The guy looked kind of cute in it. I liked the beat of the music, but back then, like we didn't have... Google in our pockets. We didn't have Shazam. We didn't have apps to figure all this stuff out of who, you know, who, who was singing a song. So it was really hard unless, unless you kind of like recognize them you didn't know who they were or unless like, you know, the title came up on the screen saying, you know, BT simply being loved. And I was probably a little bit intoxicated back then anyway. So I wouldn't have been able to read what was on the screen, but I remember just loving the beat of it. And then this was so long ago. This was when I worked in retail and I was in my store one day and I heard music coming from next door. And it was the, I think it was Just Jeans or Jeans West that was next door. So I raced next door and I said to the girl, what is this song? What is this song? And she wasn't sure. And it was like on the radio. So we couldn't tell, but I realized in the film clip was, um, BT obviously doing most of the vocals. And then who's that guy to NSYNC that, um, not the, not the really popular one not um was it not Justin Timberlake he was in NSync wasn't he um oh, i was th- actually hang on i'm going to google it cuz this is going to really annoy me what is it NSync members here we go um oh it was JC Shazay, i think that's how you say his name Chazez something like that so like i always thought he was the cuter one anyway he's aged like a bowl of fruit but this song, he he had like a little cameo spot in it. So I was able to like old school um, Google, I guess probably would have been I don't know whether it was Google back then. It could have been bloody Yahoo or something like that. But I Googled him and I managed to find out what songs he'd collaborated on. So I figured it out and got this. And then, like, years later, I became a bit of a BT fan. I really liked his music. I went to JB Hi-Fi and bought all his CDs because it was not – it was well before streaming. So we didn't have music, you know, millions of songs in our pockets all the time like we do now. So I had to go to JB Hi-Fi and a lot of his stuff was on order only because it was not mainstream like he wasn't really he's never really been big in Australia but um so I ordered that in and then years later this is a funny story so this was um I think probably one of the last big day outs that had that were happening um and BT was playing at one of the big day outs down on the gold coast and he was on Twitter. And he wrote on Twitter, I'm in Australia. If any fan can send me a photo of themselves swimming with a shark, you can have free tickets to Big Day Out to come and see me. So I like just Googled, um, a stock image of a bloke swimming with a shark in a wetsuit and I popped it on Twitter and BT wrote back to me and he's like, the tickets are yours. And I didn't have the heart to say, that's not actually me, but okay. So he left the tickets, the, um, Sheraton down on the Gold Coast. I went down with my friend and went to see BT uh, do his set. And it was amazing because uh, he's just so underrated and everyone there was probably pinging off their minds just listening to dance music. But I was there because I actually genuinely loved his music. So that was a real, like to see someone that you really admire in the flesh and have them play their songs is just amazing. So BT Simply Being Loved is my number four song. Um, Please go and Google it, go and Spotify, stream it, like check BT out. He's got some amazing tracks. Um, He's, uh, I think his album that has Simply Being Loved on it. He has this amazing song on there with Rose McGowan and Rose McGowan is just like talking and then she sings a bit and then she talks. It's really trippy. It's really out there. So I highly recommend it. My number three is, um, a little bit more, a little bit sad. Um, I had someone very close to me. Oh, it might be like 11 years ago now. Um, 12 years ago now Pass away And When I found out That they'd passed away The first song that I heard Was My number three song And my number three song is The Last Day on Earth By Kate miller heidke It's the And I, um, obviously had a, you know, a bit of a cry to that song as I was driving in the car. And then that was actually a song that they played for this person at, um, at their funeral. So The Last Day on Earth is, is, is a big one for me. Like every time I hear it, I think of, you know, this person and it just kind of like takes me away for a couple of minutes while the song's playing, I'm okay with it now. Like, I just kind of, I've learned to just enjoy memories in regards to that person. And, um, I've definitely, you know, moved along. They did release recently a a weird version of Kate Miller-Hyde Keys' Last Day on Earth. And it was, it's like with some heavy metal rocker or some, someone like that. And it's, I was really excited when I saw a re-release of it. Like it was a, a new mix of it. And I'm like, oh, wow. Well, you know, what's the take going to be? it's very similar throughout the verses until it gets to the choruses. And then when it gets to the chorus, it's got this really awful, like screaming man through it. And it's just hideous. It's a real, it's a real bastardization of a song of a, of a beautiful song. So, but number three, yep. Kate Miller-Heidke, Last Day on Earth. Number two. Number two for me is a song that I find Extremely reflective. It's called Rebel Heart uh, by Madonna. Oh, yeah, that was me. All the things I did just to be seen. I've grown my past and I've shed my skin. Letting it go and I'll start Can't not have Madonna on my top 10. I mean, come on. But. Again, this is like my number 10 passenger, Rebel Heart by Madonna. If you listen to the words, it's such an, it's, it's, it's such a reflection on someone. It's, it's clearly, you know, Madonna has sat down and really reflected on her journey, where she's been, what she's done. It's just amazing. And I identify a lot with it. Um, Let me Google some of the lyrics actually. So, Madonna. M O M A D D. Okay, here we go. Madonna, Rebel Heart. Every time I type in Rebel Heart, because that was the name of her album and her tour. So, it always comes up with these random things. I'm just going to type Madonna, Rebel Heart lyrics. Um, Yeah, it's just, you know, like... She opens the song with, I've lived my life like a masochist, hearing my father say, I told you so, told you so. Why can't you be like the other girls? I said, no, no, that's not me. And I don't think it'll ever be. So I don't know, like I just really identify with it, especially like the chorus where she says, so I took the road less traveled by and I barely made it out alive. Through the darkness, somehow I survived. Tough love, I knew it from the start, deep down in the depth of my rebel heart. Um yeah I just I love it I love it it was my can you believe when I saw her in concert it was the one song I was so excited to see her sing because I had a real personal connection with with it and I I thought I was filming it and it turns out I pressed film I must have pressed it like hit the record button twice really quickly so I got about 2 seconds of rebel heart but at the same time I enjoyed the moment, I love it It's my favourite I I would go so far as It's a very underrated song of Madonna's um, But I would go so far to say It's probably one of my favourite Madonna songs ever And um, so if you get a chance Listen to my number two Rebel Heart by Madonna Okay my number one and I don't think like this list will probably change day to day but I really don't think this song as my number one will change and it's not so much the song but it was the meaning and the awakening I had behind it um so my number one song is "I want you by Savage guy Now, I remember I would have been, I'm actually going to do some Googling because I've got a story to go with this. I've got a story to go with anything, quite frankly. Um, Let's face it. I'm a bit of a talker. I wouldn't have a podcast if I didn't have a story to tell. Okay. So, this song came out in 1997. I was born in 1984. So, that means I was 13 years old. So, imagine this. 13-year-old boy that always knew he was a little bit of feminine, a little bit different, much to the beat of his own drummer. Um, is that the saying, much to the beat of your own drummer or drum? Anyway, you get the point. You know, 13-year-old, I'm at my auntie Robin's house down in like, whoop whoop. I'm lying on her bed one morning watching um, Rage, the TV show with all the the music videos and everything. I think Rage is still going. Um, I'm lying there and I see this song come on. The beat was intoxicating. I loved the words because it was, it, it wasn't like a standard pop song. Like it had that, do you know, like it was, um, it was a little bit left of center and it was a debut single for them too. Looking back, like it was a really brave choice to run with a song as your debut single, but it was, it was different. It appealed to me. And I remember seeing Darren Hayes on the film clip and there was just something about him that awakened me. And I realized I had an attraction to him. It wasn't the fact that he was a man. It wasn't the fact that, you know, he was, to me, he was genderless. He was colorless. He was raceless. He was just something I was attracted to. And from there, it really like, you know, I got my curiosity uh, kind of stirring. And that's one of the defining moments in my life that I realized, yep, I am a hundred percent gay. Like I'm gay. It was my, there was just something about him on the screen and it wasn't that he was camp or anything. I just remember he was to me, Beautiful, I thought. Wow, you're stunning. I'm gay. Wow, and I didn't really like. I knew what gay was. I kn- I knew obviously what gay was, but I didn't know the intricacies of being a homosexual. I just knew that that's what I loved. Like I loved this man on the TV, and. Yeah, it was it was a real awakening for me. So, Savage Gardens, I want you. Whenever it comes on, it takes me back to that thirteen-year-old boy, you know, lying on his auntie Robin's bed watching Rage one morning while my auntie Robin was probably wandering around the house or going for a swim or something like that, and I was just chilling out watching Rage like a cool kid. Um, she lived on property, although I've. I've seen the house recently that she did live in when I remember back then, and it wasn't actually property. It was probably like half an acre, but we didn't have half an acre. So to me, half an acre was like a property, but um, yeah, no, it was just, that song was just such an awakening. I feel like even the start of that song, the pings where it's like, dun, 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 dun. Like it, it was my awakening. It was my transition into confidently knowing I am gay and I don't give a fuck about it. And you know, I've always lived my life like that. I've never had, I find, um, I always get that question from people. When did you know you were gay and what was it like coming out? Well, I kind of knew my whole life that I was a little bit off center for me. Um, and, and, and and I mean, not saying homosexuals are off-centre, but I'm saying back in the 90s, early 90s when I was a kid, um, to be gay, you were a bit radical. So, I always knew I was destined to be a little bit radical, a little bit of a out of the norm. Um, And the coming out question, you know what, guys, if you're straight and you're listening to this, can you stop asking gay people when they came out? Or when they realized they liked boys? It's such an inappropriate question. And it's this, this is how I explain it. Anyone that asks me, this is how I explain it. Okay, you're straight. When did you come out to your family as being straight? They didn't. And neither did I. I never had this big coming out session. I never, it was never a surprise. I was just always my authentic self. And was I a little bit feminine? Yeah. I played with dolls. I grew my hair long at one point. I plucked my eyebrows as a teenager. I hung out with the girls. I hung out with the boys. I quite liked hanging out with some of the boys. But I hung out with girls. Um, I think everyone around me knew I was gay before I even knew it. And it was just naturally who I was. There wasn't this big like, I've got something to tell you. I'm gay. So I never had to have that coming out conversation because... Was just organically who I was. It would have made it wouldn't have made sense for me to be straight. Like that would have shocked people. I would have had to have a coming out straight conversation if I turned out straight. Because ninety nine point nine percent of people in my life would have been like, "No way, you're gay. You're gay." So anyway please stop asking that question. And you know, it's really personal too. It's it's such a personal, so many people struggle like with their sexuality. So you imagine asking someone a really personal question like, when did you grow your first pubic hair? Would you ask that to someone? No. Like don't ask people when they first knew they were gay or when they came out. It's none of your business. And if we choose to open up, it's you know, it's a story that will be told if we feel the story needs to be told and we feel safe to tell that story. Until then, shut the fuck up. Anyway, that's my top 10 for the moment. Who knows? It'll, yeah, I, I might do another one in a year's time and it'll be all different again. But I highly doubt it because some of those songs are highly emotive to me. So next week, I've got Adam on the pod. Don't sure how many episodes that's going to be, but it's going to be a biggie. Got a lot to talk about. So tune in for the next podcast. And um, thanks for listening to my rambles again, guys. Talk to you soon. (laughs) Bye.